the idea of me making, and I'm going to be very blunt with you guys, I haven't shared this information anywhere else, but I want to use this example as something that you guys can see and go, oh, right, that's something that's possible. The idea of me making $7,000 from digital products in a week was something I saw as a complete impossibility for me personally. It's something that I recognize others did. I have friends that do this kind of stuff. I have friends that do these things. I've got friends that do it very successfully. And I always saw that as like, oh yeah, it makes sense for them to do it. Of course it makes sense for them to do it. Of course it makes sense for my friend to run a business where they you know, sell products or have a clothing company or whatever, or have a Patreon or have a podcast or have a successful YouTube channel. Of course, it makes sense for them. You know, they're the type of person that can do that. You know, it makes perfect sense. But for me, it's an impossibility. That in itself is a limiting belief. There's no reason why I should recognize that possibility in someone else and not recognize that possibility in me. microphone is on camera is rolling and welcome back to episode 36 of the podcast how's everyone doing this week it's good to be back it's good to see you again it's good to speak to you again i took last week off which was really really difficult i i just didn't even anticipate i should have pre-recorded i should have thought about it in hindsight but i just didn't even anticipate that four days after my wisdom teeth surgery i just flat out still would not be able to talk even right now if i sound like i've got a little bit of a lisp uh or that i'm just a little bit slower or just taking longer to pronounce my words it's because i'm still you know i still feel like a little bit like i've got two two walnuts between my my back teeth um it's just been a shitty recovery man wisdom teeth surgery especially if you get all four out I was fully prepared for it to be like a really quick, <laughs> easy thing to get over. I was kind of under the impression because I got friends that, you know, I had one friend who told me that he was back to normal completely after a week. I had another friend tell me that she was back to eating steak after four days. Um, I had a bunch of other stories that were like completely fine. They were like, oh yeah, I was, I was fine after say a week or whatever. So I, I was kind of under the impression because I tend to recover really, really quickly. Like with tattoos, for example, Mine are pretty much healed after six or seven days, um, which is really, really quick. I don't bleed a whole lot. So even when I'm getting tattooed with all these new big colored tattoos that I've got on my legs, like notoriously big, bold, um, traditional tattoos like this bleed a lot. And I just don't bleed that much. So I was like, okay, perfect combination of someone who heals quickly and someone who doesn't bleed a lot because i've heard a lot of stories about people this is probably a bit graphic but i've heard a lot of stories about people bleeding a lot in the first few days and i was like okay well you know maybe i'll be fine after like five six maybe a week later and i was like fully prepared for that so i was like okay i'll just sort of you know take the rest of the week off i had my surgery on wednesday night uh last week so about what is it 11 days now I had my surgery, was like, okay, I'll be fine by, say, Sunday, and then the following week, I can get back into work, and we'll be good to go, because I was launching the course, I launched the course on Tuesday, and then from Wednesday, I had the surgery, and then I was like, all I'll do is just focus on the course launch, because I can do that from home, and rest, and whatever, and then the next week, we'll get into work, so I booked a whole bunch of client stuff for last week, which in hindsight, was a terrible idea, because I was still very much in pain, but you know, three days goes by, four days goes by, I was still very much in pain. Um, still only just able to eat stuff today. 
Uh, so I was completely exhausted. I was I was not sleeping well because of the pain. I was not sleeping well because I was hungry. I wasn't doing much because I was so hungry. And it's just been a shitty, shitty, shitty recovery. Uh, don't mean to scare any of you if you are getting them out. That it, it, it gets better quickly. But man, the first few days sucked. <laughs> the first few days sucked. So I just want to apologize for missing last week's episode. Um, I was gutted. I was really, really gutted. Like, I, I, you know, like, it's kind of shown me I love this medium. I absolutely love this medium and doing podcasting and this style of creating content. And it just showed me how true that is, not having an episode go out last week and to have the time off and to, to not sit down and record and then to feel kind of awkward today going into this episode I was kind of like I really feel like I'm uh, I've got cold feet right now for this episode I'm, I'm feeling a little bit nervous as to how this will go because I took last week off and I've done this before I've done cases where I've back you know had multiple episodes backed up so I took a week off recording but it was always like still had something to edit still had something to think about still had an episode going out still was in that mode of creating in this style but the hard cut of just not making anything made me realize how much I really, really love, uh, you know, really, really love this style because, you know, it took me literally not being able to speak <laughs> to not make an episode. Even now, I'm still still very, uh, I don't know if you can tell, I hope you can't. It doesn't sound horrible, but I still have a bit of a lisp. So I apologize if today's episode's a little shorter, a little slower, a little sloppier. It's because I genuinely am still struggling to speak a little bit. So I hope you all had a lovely week. I really do hope you all had a lovely week. I just want to touch on this quickly. It has blown my mind to see so many of you putting or having my podcast in your Spotify wrapped. Um, it's just something that I didn't... It, it was kind of a real moment, if that kind of makes sense. It's like, it's the first time I've sort of... I don't know, because you, you don't really picture... Like, I'm not... I don't know. It was it was really weird, but really humbling and really incredible to see, you know, people tagging me and having my podcast come up. It was like... One of them blew my mind. It was like Joe Rogan, my podcast, and then I think it was like... um. What was the other one? I think it was like Lewis Spears' podcast as well. And I was just like, how? how is that? I know it doesn't rank. You know, it's not even comparable as far as like numbers or anything like that. I know it's not realistic to be like, okay, that means my podcast is on par with Lewis Spears and Lewis Spears, not Lewis Spears. Uh, what's his name? Lewis Howes. Sorry, Lewis Howes podcast, not Lewis Spears. Although Lewis Spears podcast is also great, but very, very different. But... <laughs> To have my podcast, I know it doesn't mean that, you know, mine is above Lewis Howes and but just below Joe Rogan. It doesn't mean that at all. Those podcasts are incredible and get a lot of listeners. But to have it be on par as far as like someone personally listening to it, that gives me so, so much confidence because it reminds me that, you know, to have it comes back to this idea that I think more people need to be encouraged to pay attention to. It's like you need to make sure that you're paying attention to the people that are doing, you know, if you've got a small fan base and this podcast is definitely, a, we have probably, I want to say 200 to 250 consistent listeners every week. And then there's people that come and go. 
But 250, there's about 250 of you that come every single week and listen every single week and pay attention and it's fucking awesome to see. But I don't see that as, I mean, I said, I spoke about this when we hit 10,000 listeners total. It's like that blows my mind, but I also don't know what to compare it to. But I think the thing that I see in that 250, in that 250 people, sorry, my, I am still very, very lispy. But the, the the thing that I see in those 250 people is is the fact that they, those individuals, are enjoying the podcast as much as they, they you know, they enjoy listening to Joe Rogan or Lewis Howes, or in my case, Lewis Spears and Tiny Meat Gang. You know, that gives me a lot of confidence because that shows me that. Even though the podcast might not get listened to by a massive amount of people right now, it gives me the confidence to know that, okay, if these people enjoy it as much as these podcasts, then there's every chance that this podcast could be listened to by as many people as those podcasts. Does that make sense? It's kind of like a, it just gave me a massive confidence boost. The other crazy thing that I noticed is someone had my podcast, you know how it said how many times you've binged it or like your most binged podcast. Someone listened to eight episodes of this podcast in one day (laughs) eight episodes in one day which first of all thank you so much for the commitment that's fucking crazy and second of all that's fucking crazy what are you doing (laughs) i don't know how you put up with eight hours or eight even more than eight hours depending on which episode you listen to but eight hours of my rambling in one day i don't know how you did that i don't know why you did that i'm joking i do i do really really appreciate it but I hope you're on a road trip or something because that just, <laughs> it's its just crazy. I don't know. I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who's been listening consistently this year, who's had my podcast in their top five or top 10 or whatever it was. Um, and I just want to say a quick thank you to all of you who, who listen every single week. I wanted to touch on this today and this will probably be the last episode where I really talk, talk about launch or my course and whatnot, but it kind of relates to this, the topic that I wanted to talk about, because this has been a really, I don't want to say profound experience because I i did, I took care of all my bases with the intention of this happening, but to have my launch exceed my expectations, um, it really was in, incredibly eye-opening for me because I think that I... You know, the progression of my business, and this always makes sense in hindsight, and I should probably start just understanding that I, that's what I want to talk about today, essentially, is understanding the way that this cycle works and just skipping the cycle. Because the way my business has always progressed over the years is I've always been, you know, it's always been me doing something that scares me moving on to realizing that the thing that scared me isn't actually that intimidating after all. And then moving on to taking advantage of the new possibilities that have opened up because I took that risk and repeating. In the case of, you know, before I was a before I was a freelancer, it was a case of, you know, understanding that, okay, if I do this, person will pay me or X person will pay me Y. And from that, I can build up to X number of clients. So X number of clients pays me Y. And that was kind of a, a case where it's like, I had that limiting belief of, you know, my work isn't worthy of payment, which is something that a lot of people have. I apologize again. I, I'm very pausey between words because I have to sort of make sure I'm not <laughs> doing anything with my, my face. It hurts right now, but we're going to get through it. Um, but 
a lot of people struggle with that limiting belief early on where they don't think there's a price tag on their work or they don't they don't think their work is worth the money that they're demanding and that was the progression it was it was me understanding okay i have the ability to charge this for a wedding i have the ability to charge 5 grand for a job or 10 grand for a job or 15 grand for a job and suddenly once you hit those milestones rather than it being like oh i hit this wow look at this accomplishment you hit it and you're like oh what else can i do now you know you hit that point and suddenly the horizon opens up and you recognize that oh right this is a whole new area that i haven't explored before it was like the first time i ever signed a check for or signed a contract for ten thousand dollars for one job that was a very intense moment for me because i was like holy fuck like what else is possible here and I think what I need to remind myself and what I'm going to try and do with this podcast is that I'm hoping you'll be able to bypass those steps and go straight to taking advantage of the open doors and you do this by learning what your limiting beliefs are acknowledging those limiting beliefs but also understanding that they are limiting beliefs like for, for me it's really obvious in the case of the launch of this course. And I'm going to use the launch of this course as an example, but I'll try and use other examples because I know not all of you are at the point where you want to launch a digital product. I think a lot of you are probably at the point where you want to start freelancing. And freelancing is something that you have limiting beliefs around. Freelancing is something that you look at as not possible for you or something that you look at as not something that you can do just yet. So I want to use those examples as well. But with the case of the launch of this course... You know, the idea of me making, and I'm going to be very blunt with you guys, I haven't shared this information anywhere else, but I want to use this example as something that you guys can see and go, oh, right, that's something that's possible. The idea of me making $7,000 from digital products in a week was something I saw as a complete impossibility for me personally. It's something that I recognize others did. I have friends that do this kind of stuff. I have friends that do these things. I've got friends that do it very successfully. And I always saw that as like, oh, yeah, it makes sense for them to do it. Of course, it makes sense for them to do it. Of course, it makes sense for my friend to run a business where they, you know, sell products or have a clothing company or whatever or have a Patreon or have a podcast or have a successful YouTube channel. Of course, it makes sense for them. You know, they're the type of person that can do that. You know, it makes perfect sense. But for me, it's an impossibility. That in itself is a limiting belief. There's no reason why I should recognize that possibility in someone else and not recognize that possibility in me. And for me, this course, for example, is a case where I've broken through a strong limiting belief in myself because suddenly rather than I, I've become very, very confident with, I think over the years, I've become very, very, very confident with asking for more money than I'm probably comfortable with with my clients because I understand that by charging more inherently the quality of your work and the quality of your clients and the quality of your business is going to increase. You know, if you charge what you're not comfortable with, an amount that's lower than what you are confident taking and confident that will give you what you need to satisfy the job properly, if you do that, the quality is going to come down to meet that. And the same thing happens with the opposite. If you give yourself a budget that's above what you think is necessary for that, then the quality is going to increase to meet that. And that might be something that's inherently in me. I always feel responsible to do the best I can with what I've been given. I think that's something that I just inherently try to do a lot of is where I I try to 
you know, if a client's willing to give me something that is very, very generous or a client is willing to trust me to that extent because that it is, you know, the more money that's involved in a job, the more they're trusting you to look after them in their business, then I have a an inherent desire to really exceed their expectations. But I think that's normal. I think a lot of creatives are like that. But what I've become really, really comfortable with over the years is asking for that because you need to ask for it for it to be a possibility at all. And I think that's something that not a lot of people are really comfortable with. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is even asking for it. So I've become very comfortable with money, but the idea of making money online, the idea of selling digital products, the idea of doing this uh, in the online space and making money without being directly involved in the process of creating it, even though I made the course, it's kind of a different thing. It's like it was a massive upfront job like I spent a fuckload of time if you even break down the numbers it's probably not that much per hour it's probably actually quite lean per hour but for me that wasn't a case of me needing to meet all I cared about was having a successful launch all I cared about but a successful launch in the sense that having anyone sign on because I had a limiting belief in myself that I didn't have the quality, I didn't have the brand, I didn't have the reputation, I wasn't the type of person that people would trust. I had this idea in myself that this is not something that's possible for me. It's possible for other people, but it's not possible for me. And that's what I mean by it's a cycle. It's a cyclical, like it's the way it works with business or for a lot of people when they first start out is is they go through that cycle of doing something that scares them, learning that it's not actually that scary taking advantages of the doors that have opened up, taking advantage of the doors that have opened up because of that risk and repeating that process. For me, it was learning that I have, there is value behind my work, charging for clients, charging more for clients, learning that I can charge more for clients across multiple genres, narrowing down my work, and that progression has gone on and on and on and on. But this one feels like a specific jump because it's jumping from making money in a place where it's like, I give a client something and they give me something in return. Whereas now it's like I put something out into the world and people pay for that product. I'm kind of detached from this process, which I think is where the limiting belief has come from. And what I'm trying to tell you guys today is not necessarily to sell a product, not necessarily to start a digital product, but do the things that scare you. Do the shit that scares the fuck out of you. Do the stuff that really makes you nervous. Do the stuff that really doesn't seem possible. I was having a conversation with my friend Matt, uh, the boxer, and he was talking about how, or I was talking about how, you know, doors only open up to you once you realize something is possible. But the only way that you can realize something is possible is to get out and do it. You know, it's only really possible for me now. I've spent a lot of the last week kind of really taking a lot of the ideas that I had, a lot of the the things that I've always thought about, you know, scratching my own itch kind of products, the the digital products to help in business, the digital products to help with creating, the digital products that are, you know, all the different kind of ways that I can compress information, compress my, my knowledge, compress my experience and put it into something that someone can buy and use to gain that experience faster. Those are kind of all ideas that I've always had. But I never saw that as something that was actually possible for me. I never saw that as something that I could do. I never saw that as something that I could sell. I never saw that as something that other people would want to buy from me. You know, they can buy it from other people, but they're not necessarily going to buy it from me. And it's because most of us 
have most of us have things that we deem as impossible or not for us it's you know the the idea that i just spoke about before of i can happily look at other people in my industry and see them being successful with presets and with lots and with youtube and with podcasting and i can look at that and go oh yeah it makes perfect sense for them because they have this brand they have a reputation their work is beautiful they have this great persona that works with the products that they're selling but that's not possible for me that's possible for them but not possible for me and it takes you recognizing that that is a limiting belief that's not the case at all most of us without even realizing it you know it's particularly the case with business and financial goals even like relationships this is something that i've read a lot is where you kind of have this inherent belief that you're just not destined to end up with someone who makes you happy that's a really sad and kind of full-on thing but there is a lot of cases in relationship psychology where people are are bound to end up with the same you know it's a common denominator theory it's like if you're someone who always ends up with pricks you're a girl who always ends up with assholes you're a guy or or you're a guy who always ends up with emotionally manipulative people there's a very good chance that you're the common denominator you know, there's a very good chance that you're looking in a mirror. You're ending up with the people that you're attracting. And that's a really hard thing to grasp when it's yourself. And when you have this history of being unhappy in relationships, it's really difficult for to for you to grasp the fact that you may be the reason that you're ending up in these relationships. It's not always your fault. It's not entirely your fault. It takes two to tango. But it also takes acknowledging that for you to learn that you have the ability to end up with someone you're going to be happy with. And that's a detour. <laughs> of course, that's a big detour, I know. But what I'm trying to say is it's the exact same with relationships. It's the exact same with business and financial goals. You know, most of us, without even realizing it, have already set realistic or limited ceilings for what we deem as possible for ourselves. You know, if you're someone who's ever told yourself, you know, for me, for example, making $7,000 in a week from digital products is something I never deemed as possible for myself. Having a launch of a course and having 25 people buy it in the first week at a course that is priced a little bit higher than maybe I would have even been comfortable with selling a year ago, to have that happen is something that even six months ago I saw as a complete impossibility. That's something that was not at all possible for myself. And I think it's different now. It's definitely different because I put hours and hours and hours into this course and I made sure that I slammed as much as much value into it as I possibly could because I was well aware of the fact that I wouldn't be comfortable selling it unless that was the case. I kind of made it my mission. I was like, I set a price tag and then I just crammed as much value as I could into that price tag. It wasn't the other way around. I didn't make a product and go, okay, how much money can I make from this? It was the other way around, whereas I set a price tag that I thought, and I had people advising me. I've, I had a friend who, or a friend who's now become someone I work with, who's helped me with the marketing and the ads and pricing it and all that sort of stuff. And we set a price and then we figured out how to make me comfortable with selling that because I've always been, and this is a limiting belief as well, I've always been very uncomfortable with the sales process for digital products. In the past, when I temporarily sold LUTs and presets because I was sort of pressured into doing that early on, I was really, really uncomfortable with putting it on my story. I was really uncomfortable with telling people how much they cost because one, it's a limiting belief, but also I probably wasn't super comfortable with the product. 
looking back on that now, that's not the case at all. It was just because I was uncomfortable with the fact that that's even a possibility for me. I didn't believe in the fact that I could sell it. And that experience put a damper on the belief that I already had. I sold, you know, maybe 10 total ever. So that just further ingrained that idea that this is not for me. It's for other people, but it's not for me. But by simply acknowledging that that ceiling that I'd set for myself, that ceiling that I'd gone, okay, I'm just not cut out to do this. And I know a lot of you are probably in the same boat where there's been times where, hey, I'm just not cut out to do YouTube. I'm not just, you know, it's not for me. It's beyond me. It's a future me thing. It's something that I need to do this first to achieve that. I need to do things in a line the way that they're supposed to be done and I haven't done them. I'm not the type of person. I'm sure there's a lot of you who have those thoughts. And and the thing that this course has kind of taught me or, or my business experience has taught me that is always worked out is that those are just limiting beliefs. <laughs> you know, the, the, the ideas, the way that you react, the way that you see your own success, the way that you see others' success. You know, if you see someone else succeed and you get spiteful or you get jealous, that's probably a pretty good indication that you don't see that as something that's possible for you. For me, I've really, really worked on that this year. I was someone who subconsciously would be spiteful or jealous when I saw other people succeed rather than proud and inspired. That's something that I've gone a complete 180 on now. Now when I see people succeed and when I see people do well and when I see people really get after it, it inspires me because I got into this industry because I love art. I got into this industry because I loved creativity and I love seeing other people create and I loved everything about it. So the irony of me getting into it and then seeing people succeed and then being spiteful because before when I first got into this, when I saw other people succeed, that inspired me to do this. You know, seeing I've told this story before. The whole reason I got into this originally is because I saw Peter McKinnon doing this and I was like, fuck, he does this for work. That's awesome. I want to do that. It inspired me that he was being successful. But by getting into this industry, suddenly I replaced that inspiration with spite. And that, in my mind now, has shown me that I had a limiting belief towards my own success. I saw other people succeed and I thought, that's for them, it's not for me. And that made me spiteful. So if you are someone who has a little bit of that, if you are someone who sees other people do well and it makes you jealous or it makes you spiteful or it makes you angry or it makes you wonder why they're successful and you're not... Maybe there's a little bit there that is limit. You know, you have a ceiling that they're exceeding that you're not able to exceed. You have a ceiling or a cap set on what you're capable of achieving and they're exceeding what you're capable of achieving or what you believe you're capable of achieving. And I think that that's important to, to acknowledge or it's important to pay attention to is just how do you react to success? How do you react to accomplishment? How do you speak to yourself internally when you deliberate over the things that you want to do or deliberate over the things that you think you can do or when you discuss these kind of things in your own mind you know when ideas come up when inspiration strikes like how do you respond internally is there a part of you that's like fuck yeah let's go or is there a part of you that's like that's not for me (laughs) i don't there's no shame in it because i've been the exact same i've been the exact same multiple times i'm still the exact same for very long time and still to this day I'm still of the mindset that YouTube's just not for me and that could very well be the thing that's stopping me from being successful on YouTube 
it's got nothing to do with the fact that you know i've maybe i'm limiting the fact that i'm i'm not comfortable putting the time in to make videos that are successful or maybe i'm doing things that hinder my own success subconsciously by not putting myself wholly into my videos by not portraying my personality completely in my videos or by not making the content that i actually want to make like there's all kinds of things that you could be doing subconsciously that you're just not even aware of because you have these restricted beliefs or you have this ceiling set on what you're capable of. So try to pay attention to what you or the way that you respond to certain things or the way you respond to other people's success because it could be an indicator of what you, you know, where your limits lie. You know, if you see someone do something that's equal to you and you get fired up, but then you see someone do something that's way beyond you or where you are right now and you get pissed off, that's probably your ceiling. There's probably a point there that you deem as going from possible to impossible and so that makes you spiteful rather than inspired. One of the things I think that this experience has taught me in just being my own boss has taught me in going out on my own and doing a career that is, you know, I have a lot of friends in this industry now, but when I first started out, you know, there's not a single person that I went to high school with that does this. There's not really anyone that is in my family that does this. It's just full stop, not that popular in Melbourne. It's really popular in Sydney and in the US, it's, you know, a lot of people do it. But in Melbourne, it's just not that much of a thing to do social media. One of the things that doing this has taught me in, in particular this course now, because now I have this you know, all these ideas, like I spoke about, all these ideas for possible products that could genuinely help other people. That's the irony of this is that I'm never going to make a product that's bullshit. I'm never going to do something that doesn't mean anything because I know inherently that I'm not comfortable with the sales process unless, like I said, I figure out a price tag and I jam as much value into that as I possibly can. So I know inherently that I'm never going to make something that's worthless. But it took me doing this course and launching it and having a successful launch for me to realize that I should actually even bother making those things, that I can make those things. And the thing that I have recognized that's been really profound is that life is just, every everything is just problem solving. And once you change your mindset or once you lock into that mindset of all I need to do is find a solution for this problem, then literally anything is possible. And I don't want to, you know, say because there are things that stop certain, you know, there are things that stop you from doing the things that you want to do. People have to pay bills. There is life involved in all of this. I know this as well. You know, one of the things that stopped me from really committing to this is that I, I just have client stuff that I have to do. And that's my job. Like if I didn't do client work, I would probably have a part-time, I would, I would have a part-time job. So one of the, like, I don't want to kind of, you know, ignore the fact that just life costs money, you got to pay your bills and it's just the way it is. But one of the things that I've kind of come to learn from all of this and from the last four years is that everything that you want to do is just a case of finding the problem or finding the solution that you need to solve or the solution. It's finding the problem that you need to find the solution for. You know, in the case of this, it was figuring out how I can make a course that's going to sell well. That's not a uh, a goal or that's not a you know uh, an impossibility that's just another problem that I need to solve and when you mentally change into that mindset of going from those are big outlandish goals like achieving let's be really vain it's like achieving a financial goal or achieving a follow account or achieving you know financial freedom or 
whatever it is, you know, uh, uh, like a certain career change, whatever it is, even physical, relationship-wise, having a certain partner or doing whatever, rather than, you know, rather than seeing that as a, as, as a big outlandish accomplishment that you need to achieve, as soon as you start seeing that as it's just another problem that you need to solve, suddenly those things become not only possible, but they break down easy. You know, once you start to go into a problem-solving mindset, once you see something as just another solution you need to find, suddenly there's nothing that's beyond you anymore because you don't need to see the whole thing as just one giant thing that you need to chase towards. You can see it as a series of steps that you need to take in order to solve that problem. You know, rather than saying, I need to launch a course, you see, I need to break down what I'm really capable of teaching. I need to break down how I can transfer that into a course curriculum. I need to make the videos. I need to make the marketing. I need to make the price. I need to figure out the the branding for it. And suddenly there's a list of problems that are just things that you need to solve. You know, in order to get to, you know, it's a really common goal, but in order to get to $100,000, that's something that everyone wants to do originally as an artist. I'm sure goals go beyond that. I'm sure plenty of people go beyond that. They do. But something that a lot of people want to do, and I'm sure that I have a lot of young listeners, that's probably something that is a very key financial goal for a lot of you, is reaching $100,000 in a year. Rather than seeing that as $100,000, how can I make 100000 You see that as, okay, how can I make, how can I do X to achieve Y? How can I break it down so each month I reach the required amount to get me to that in 12 months' time? It just becomes a process of solving problems. So I want you to try and try to switch into that mindset because it's powerful. It's fucking powerful because suddenly you begin to realize if I can solve, you know, if, if you can solve this problem, if I could, if I was able to do this, what else am I able to do? You know, if I'm able to get up, I've spoken about this before. I love going for a long run on Monday mornings because when I get back from my long run on Monday morning at 8am, Suddenly, rather than thinking, fuck, how the hell am I going to run 20 kilometers or 30 kilometers at six o'clock in the morning? Suddenly, I go from thinking that to, holy fuck, I just ran 30 kilometers and it's 8 a.m. What else can I do today? What else can I do this week? How else can I take advantage of this? How, how, what else am I capable of doing? And it's the same thing with this. It comes back to the thing that I've spoke about over and over and over again, but life is just about harnessing good momentum. It's just about figuring out a way to get momentum working on your side and have it snowball because that shit does snowball. Once you solve one problem, suddenly your eyes will open up to solutions for the next five problems and then 10 problems and then 15 problems and then there you are five years later in a place that you didn't even deem as possible years ago. And that's the power of doing this sort of shit. So what I want to encourage you guys to do because I'm starting to get pretty bloody sore so i apologize that this is probably going to be a shorter episode but i think the underlying message i'm trying to portray here is that i want you to firstly do the shit that scares the fuck out of you if there's something you've always wanted to do but never felt like you were ready or the thing that makes you super nervous whether it be talking in front of camera putting yourself on social media selling a product starting a business whatever it is if it scares you 95 like 99 percent of the time if it scares you that's a bloody good indication that you should be doing it. Because in my, in my experience, it's always the things that scare me that are the things that are most important to me. If something's really important to me, it scares the fuck out of me. If something means nothing to me, I have no feelings towards it. 
So that's a pretty good indication of something you should do. And when I say it scares you, that doesn't mean that it's intimidating or risky or inherently difficult to do. Maybe it's a, a fear of failure. Maybe you think that that thing is still above you or a thing that others are able to do, but you're not able to. You know, there's a the whole idea of you you can't you can't have someone judge you if you never do the thing in the first place. Which leads me to the second thing I want you to do is pay attention to the way that your inner critic guides you when thinking about big changes in your business. Pay attention to your limiting beliefs because in all likelihood, some part of you internally is limiting yourself. Some part of you has set a ceiling for what you're capable of without you you even realizing it. I'm tripping over my words because I'm starting to hurt, so I apologize. But without you even realizing it, some part of you has already limited what you're capable of achieving. There's some part of you that has already set an artificial ceiling for your career, for your physical appearance, for your relationships, for your life, for your happiness, whatever it is, there is some part of you that has already subconsciously set a ceiling for what you're capable of achieving. So acknowledge that the way that you respond to your own success, the way you respond to your own ambition, the way that you talk to yourself, the way that your internal dialogue responds to other people's success could be the very thing that's limiting you from doing what you want to do, from limiting you or limiting you from achieving what you actually want to achieve. The idea of me making $7,000 in sales in one week from a digital product was an impossibility to me before I began building this course. That was something I deemed as possible for others, but simply not possible for myself. But that wasn't because it was unrealistic. And it's because I was stopping myself from even beginning So I never had the chance for people to see me fail. You know, I was protecting myself from failure because you can't fail to launch a course if you never launch the course in the first place. You know, if I never did this, there's no chance of me failing to sell anything because there was a very high possibility that I was going to come out and the price was going to be too high. My marketing was going to be bad. It was going to be the wrong time and I was not going to sell any. I was going to have a Facebook page ready to go. I was going to have all my marketing material and there was going to be no sales. That was something that I was genuinely ready for. I emotionally prepared myself for about a month before launching the course that I was going to launch and on day one and for the remainder of the course's lifetime that I was never going to sell a single one. That was because I had a limiting belief and that was fucking terrifying for me to do. It was terrifying for me to launch it and acknowledge the fact that that was a possibility A lot of you don't even let yourself acknowledge that. Don't even let yourself try because not trying doesn't, there's no chance of failure if you don't try. There's no, there's no chance of having people criticize your YouTube channel if you never make a video in the first place. There's no chance of no one listening to your podcast if you never make a podcast in the first place. There's no chance of you getting laughed at at the gym because you're overweight If you never go to the gym in the first place, that's the kind of stuff that really, really limits people from doing what they want to do. It's that fear of failure that stops people from doing so much in this life. And I know that sounds really basic and obvious, but I guarantee that's what's holding a lot of you listening right now. I know that it's holding you back because it's held me back in the past. Maybe for you, it's starting that YouTube channel or or, you know, putting yourself in front of camera because you know you're going to be awkward. Whatever it is that you're fe- you fear failing in, whatever, whatever it is that you, you know, are uncomfortable with doing right now, whatever failure you fear, 
try to pay attention to why you fear that and try to pay attention to how ridiculous it actually is. You know, for me, looking back now, the idea of not selling a single course is fucking ridiculous. But that's something that I genuinely thought and mentally prepared myself to happen. That's something that I genuinely sat down and go and went, that's a possibility. I need to be prepared for that. I need to prepare for the fact that I might not sell a single course, <laughs> which is just entirely ridiculous now and, and doesn't make any sense in hindsight. But, you know, here we are. Here we are. I think I'm going to end this one here because I'm starting to really hurt. So I apologize that there's these episodes have been a little bit interrupted. The episode before this one was, you know, just all about the course because my mind was just off with the fairies. And this one is short and concise and probably not as energetic as you're used to because I am still, like I said, I am still recovering and hurting quite a bit. <laughs> so I'm going to try my best to be back to normal next week and if not maybe i'll get a guest on so i don't need to do as much talking or whatever i can do to to make it a good episode but i hope you enjoyed it i really do hope you enjoyed it i hope you've all had a fantastic week and i just want to quickly say thank you so much for for sticking around for listening for making this year such an incredible year for me because i think without this podcast and without covid really like i don't think i would be where i am now um, so I want to thank each and every one of you. I want to thank anyone who purchased the course. Thank you so much. You've made, honestly, um, you have been a, a, a serious component of a very pivotal moment in my career. And I'm just incredibly stoked with the response the course has gotten. I'm incredibly stoked with the feedback that we've gotten so far. I'm incredibly stoked with the work that some of you are making, um, and it's just such a amazing experience. I'm still very overwhelmed. I was in the car today with a friend and, and she was like, so how, how's it all gone and, and all that sort of stuff? And I said, oh, yeah, we had 25 people sign up. And she was like, that's fucking awesome. And my response was kind of subdued. And, and she was like, you don't seem so happy about that. And I was like, no, I am. I'm just like, I, I'm still so, I'm still very overwhelmed by it, to be perfectly honest with you. So... I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to do my best to to um, keep everything else going because, you know, it's it's the free content. It's this podcast. It's my Instagram. It's my YouTube channel that made you guys even interested in putting money towards something like a course. So I know that that's, that's, the, that's the meat and potatoes of my business. That's the thing that is important. That's the thing that I need to keep focusing on. So I will continue to do my best to to provide free content and i hope that i'm i'm back to full strength in in inside a week because then i can get back into making youtube videos get back into shooting get back into really making decent podcast episodes i hope this one was good i honestly uh uh, yeah i'm hurting i'm hurting right now so i apologize if i sounded very slow and quiet and in pain because i am in pain so i apologize for that so i hope you enjoyed this episode i really really do you know, if you have enjoyed this episode, if you've enjoyed any episodes I've made throughout the last 36 episodes, I would really appreciate if you could share it with a friend. Share it with someone you think may appreciate it. Share it with someone you think needs to hear it. Or just share it with someone who, you know, has an extra 40 minutes each week to kill and needs an extra podcast to listen to. So thank you very much for listening. As always, you know, I'm not your dad. 
none of anything I say is, or what, what do I say? <laughs> I'm not your dad. You don't need to do anything I tell you to do. And I'll speak to you guys next week. Thank you.